Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. the washroom of that same restaurant said men to the left because women are always right i don't know what's wrong with this restaurant so all right the five stages of waking up for work the first one is denial anger bargaining depression then acceptance so you don't have no choice not to carry yourself and go back to work amen Amen. Can we take our confession? Say, every day and in every way, I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. In my thoughts, in my words, and in my actions. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you this morning for your word. Since the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding unto the simple. This morning we come with simplicity in our hearts, O oh God. We ask that you speak to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask for eyes that see Jesus. We ask for ears that hear his voice and hearts that understand who we are in him and who he is in us in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes to see you. We give you praise, O God. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to share something with us. Hopefully, I'm hoping that our hearts will be opened to this. We just concluded the revive. And during that meeting, the Lord met with us. One of the things that was significant that the Lord did for us was healing. That was so strong. There was healing for our bodies. There was healing of diseases and sicknesses, pains, depression. It was significant in those house. And just thinking about that, the desire of God for us is not just for bodily healing. God wants us to be whole. Because the Bible says in 3 John 3, verse 2, it says, "What well, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. So that means if we are not prospering in our soul, our body is not going to prosper. So the degree of the health we enjoy in our body is tied to the degree of the health we have in our soul. So this morning, I've tied to this message Find rest for your soul. Find rest for your soul. Because the, 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 the thing we want to experience physically is tied to how our soul is rested. So the more rest we find in our souls, that, that translates to how our body reacts to, to things on the outside. So I'm going to read from Genesis chapter, chapter 2. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 2, from verse 1 to 3. So the, you see, I'm reading from the New International Reader's Version. And I'll explain the reason for this translation after, after, after we are done. It says, well, so the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. 
by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on that day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. He blessed it because on that day, he rested from all the work he had done. So this um, translation is the Bible translation my boys use for devotion in the house. So that's what we read from. In my house, bedtime is um, a struggle. It's always a struggle. When it's time for bedtime, they will ask, do we have to sleep? Why is there night? Why did God create night? Why do I have to sleep? Oh, sleeping is not fun. I like, like all manner of questions when it's bedtime. And it's not just once, every night. There's always one question. So to help me solve this problem once and for all, I thought, okay, since we already believed and established in our house that the Bible has the final authority. So I gave Fimidara this um, scripture. I told him, bring your Bible open to Genesis chapter 1. From verse, read this. So he read the scripture to us. So he read, I'm going to read it the way he read. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on that day, God rested from all his work. Oh, rest. Okay. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. He blessed it because on that day, he rested from all his work he had done. So I'm like, oh, so you see, God rested. And both of them said it together. On the seventh day, God rested. God only rested once. He rested on the seventh day. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I rest my case. <laughs> so, mommy, I don't have to sleep every day. God rested only on the seventh day. And that's the story of most of us. Because when God said rest, when God tells us you have to rest, you have to make your soul rest, we're asking God, God, are you sure I don't have to be busy? Are you sure I don't have to do all of those things? I'm, like we are arguing and we are trying to use the same scripture God gave us to, to defend ourselves, to defend our reason for, for getting busy. And that's how some of us are. Like we have all of the reasons why we don't need to rest. Like God, you gave us this work. You gave me all of these things to do. I need to do them. I need to feed my children. I need to go to work. I need to do the work of the ministry. I need to do all of these things. But God, what? He gave us a perfect example of what we should do. And His intention for us is what? That we find rest. We find rest. And what? Why? Some of us might be thinking that, okay, why did God have to rest? God is never tired. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need to take a break. So why does God need to rest? Because the Bible says concerning God, what? It says he never sleeps nor slumbers. If God never sleeps nor slumbers, so why does God need to rest? Why does God need to rest? When we are talking about rest, there's something, rest, rest as, as God's intention was, was not um, just not doing anything. Rest is not just being idle. That's not what rest is. The, the idea of rest is Sabbath. That's where the whole intention of God comes from. The, the, the idea of rest is what Sabbath. Because God had something in mind when he was going to do this. If you start out in reading Genesis, he made the word. It says on the first day, he spoke, the, the earth was in darkness. God said, let there be light. After that, he made this. He said, and after he created everything, God said, that is good. 
after he created something else, God said, that is good. So the idea of rest with God is what I said it's on Sabbath. And there are four elements to Sabbath. Sabbath means what? Pause, to reflect, enjoy, and celebrate. It means for you to what? Pause, reflect, enjoy, and celebrate. And that's the whole idea God demonstrated for us in this scripture. I mean, in the whole, when he instituted the idea of Sabbath. It's not because God was tired. It's not because God needed to take a break. It's not because... Um, He's telling us that what, when, when you are in the motion of doing, because God has called us to work. But the work he has called us, he needs us to take a break from those work, to pause, reflect, and to enjoy. When you read the Psalms, you will hear in some of the places, you hear Selah, pause and think, calmly think about them. So that's the idea God was trying to portray to, to us that was. There are moments for us as we go through our day, as we go through our weeks, as we go through, through our year. He wants us to come away from those things, from doing, from being, pause, reflect on his goodness, reflect on his faithfulness, reflect on who he is and enjoy. And that's what, because a lot of us walk those things. We are walking, we are keeping busy, but you are not even taking time to enjoy the work you're doing. You're not taking time to celebrate those things. It's just victory. Oh, you've just, you've been working. This, let's say, for, for instance, now you're a student. You're going to school. At the end of the semester, the exam is done. You're not even taking time to thank God. Okay, this is the success of it. Lord, I appreciate you. Thank you for the wisdom to reflect. Okay, did I do something bad? Did I do, was there something that needs to, like, look through the whole thing before starting the next semester? But you're just going and going. That's the whole idea of rest. To reflect on what you have done in the past. Enjoy the victory. If there was any error in the process, look at ways that you can make it right. Continue. But most importantly, celebrate. When you're talking about celebration as Christian, what God wants from us is what? To, to understand that he's our source. To understand that he's the giver of strength. To understand he wants us to enjoy him. God, you mentioned when, when God created Adam, said he comes to them. In the cool of the night, he fellowships with them. That's, that's another Sabbath, another way of enjoying God. For some of us, you actually don't even know, you don't know how you, how do you relax? What are the things you do that, that helps you to gain back your strength? At the end of the day, what are the things that, I'm not saying what are the things you, you do that makes you feel, um, a lot of us, when we come back from work or you're stressed, you just want to watch TV. You don't want to do anything. You just want to lie down on the bed. But are you, are you being replenished? Because that's the whole idea of rest. The idea of rest is to be replenished so that you can face the next day. It's, not, um, it's just so that you're not doing anything. It's for replenishment. To enjoy whatever it is that you have done, rest from it, and what's, get the, next, the needed energy for the, for the future. So how, for you, how do you, do you relax? What are the things, what are the activities that you do that helps you regain back your strength? A lot of us, we are, we are not in touch with ourselves. We are not in touch with the things that you do that saps your energy. So you have to be able to do that personal study. What are the things I do that makes me, it's almost like there are some activities that you do that, okay, this one, it saps my energy times two. There are other things that you can do over and over again, and you don't feel as much stress. So you have to understand yourself. What are the things I do that saps my energy? 
And if I need to recoup back, what are the things, what are the activities I need to do that will help me regain my strength back? Like we already established, God's desire for us is to experience health in our souls, in our bodies, and in our spirit. God's desire, I'm saying it again, is for us to experience, because a lot of us, we neglect the fact that we can actually be healthy, we can be whole in our soul, we can be whole in our spirit. All we are running after is health, physical health. Okay, are there um, diseases in my body? Are there things I need to watch out for? But much more than that, what happens in your spirit translates to your soul, and that, in effect, happens to your body. And that's why when some people are suffering from mental issues, even though it's in their minds, after a while, they start having physical symptoms. After a while, you start seeing, okay, a lot of people, once they start, they have migraine, they have all of this physical ailment. It's because what? They are troubled in their minds. And that's why we are going to the foundation of the things. It's just like if you go to your doctor for, to complain and say, oh, I'm having headache, I'm having back pain. The doctor will not just check your head and check your back. They want to look, what are the root cause of the things? Like, why are you having, they want to ask for that. I remember a time in my life, I went to the doctor and I was complaining to her that, oh, I'm always having, I feel tired most of the time. Sometimes I really have headache. And when I, because it's, that's one of the signals, one of the way my body signals that something is wrong when I start having headache because it's, it's rare for me to have headache. So I was complaining to her, I've started having headache and it's a recurring thing. But most importantly, I was having back pain, body pain, like I just feel tired. And she was asking me, um, do you have family here? Have you been meeting, like have you been interacting with people? I have back pain. What was, so she was asking all of those questions. After I asked, she was like, I think you are depressed. I'm like, I cannot be depressed. I am a Nigerian. We don't have depression where I'm coming from. I'm like, no, seriously, I'm African. We don't, no, you can be tired, you can be stressed, but no, I'm like, we don't do depression. Where I come from, we don't do depression. So she started probing. She was like, I think you need to see a psychiatrist, I mean, a psychologist, like, but the question she was asking was not, because what I thought was, okay, she'd give me back pain, and I thought she'd just send me to a massage therapist. That was what I wanted. Just tell me to go to someone. But she, she wanted to dig deeper into the issue, and that's what she said. And that's a lot of things some of us are not addressing, because you start having pain, you start having all of those symptoms. And what you think, you're reaching out for um, Tylenol, you're reaching out for Alvi, but there are issues that needs to be dealt with. And that's what the Bible is saying here in that third John. That you're having, I know you're having all of this physical ailment. You're having all of those things. But the main issue is that those ones are just, they are just, they are pointers to wake you up to the fact that something is wrong with your soul. Something is wrong in your spirit. And once you can address that part, you will be able to deal with that, with the main issue. You be the, the, the symptoms you're seeing, the physical symptoms you're seeing, once you address the, the foundation, the symptoms will go away. Look at the same thought, John, that I said. He said, dear friends, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. So that means if is, is they are tied together, if you're not strong in spirit, you can't be healthy in your body. So the, the health, the physical health we enjoy is tied to how healthy our spirit man is. Look at the same scripture in Amplified Version. It said, Beloved, I hope 
He says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper. Be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers. And he's saying that was spiritually. So your spiritual health, I mean the physical health you feel, is tied to how you feel in your spirit. So for rest was never our idea. When God instituted um, rest in Genesis chapter 20, I mean Genesis chapter 2, it wasn't because he, he was showing us an example, he was showing us a pattern that there is need to come away from all of those things of doing, of being, all of those things. There is need to come away and just find rest in me. And that's why God made it a point of duty. He says, in the cool of the night, God goes to Adam for fellowship. And you know for him, that was the highlight of their day. Because the, when they had that forbidden fruit, they couldn't stand in the presence of God. They had to hide themselves. So that's the highlight of their day. Because that's where, it says from, this song, it says, from your spirit to my spirit. It says what? It says, and God breathed into man, and man became a living being. And in Job chapter 32, it says what? It says, there's a spirit in man. The breath of the Almighty, I mean, the, the, the Spirit of the Almighty giveth him life. So it's that Spirit of God in us that activates all of the things that we need to be. All of the things. So that's where you get nourishment from. It's just like when a woman is pregnant. Before that baby starts living on the outside, all of the nourishments, all of the things that the baby needs is connected through that umbilical cord. So once that umbilical cord is, is anything happens to it, that child is at risk of death. The same thing for us. Once our connection with God, our spiritual connection with God is severe in any way, we are at the risk of being disconnected from God. And disconnection from God is just when, when, when God caused Adam, said, the day you eat from this tree, you will surely die. Adam did not die physically. He did not fall down and die. But there was what? Separation from him and God. And that's the thing when we, don't, when we are not rested in our spirits, when we don't take that time to get connected to God, to get nourished from God, we die. And it shows in our body. It shows in how we feel. Because that's the only way, our physical body is the only way to give expression to how our spirit is feeling. If you're sick in your spirit, you can't tell. You can't tell that you're sick. Like, so the way for, the signal for your spirit to pick that there's something wrong is what happens on your body. So when I, and I said, I already said that the elements of, of Sabbath, of rest, what is four things. Pause, reflect, enjoy, and celebrate. When you talk about pause, it means what? To take a temporary stop or rest. A temporary stop. And I know some of us can go overboard about this. Say, okay, I just want to rest. I don't want to do anything. I just want to sleep the whole day. Which is still part of it, but that's not the whole essence of it. It's just a little part of it. To take a temporary stop or rest. And when you talk about to reflect, it says, well, it's to think about, to ponder, to meditate, to meditate. So meditate is like what I said earlier, is reflecting on all the things God has done. Pondering about it. Because like they say, this is, it's a person that knows how to think, that will know how to be thankful. Is in the process, and there's something about gratitude. Gratitude helps, it magnifies, no matter how small that thing is, it helps you to see how big God is in comparison to whatever challenges you're facing. 
It helps you to see, it magnifies God above your issues. And the only time you can do that is in the process of meditating. It's in the process of meditating. So that's what reflection does. And to enjoy means what? To experience with joy, to take pleasure in. A lot of us have taken the victories we have as um, commonplace. You wake up in the morning, we think it's normal. You go to bed, you go to work, and you come back, you think it's normal. I was saying to my husband the other day, just a, a, a friend of ours, they, they were trying to raise money for another friend. He just came to Canada last year, and he went to BC for vacation, and he dived into the river. He dived there and fell headlong in. He didn't come out. They brought him out four days after. He was already dead. So, and how many people have gone to that same river? How many people have gone to that same places? And you'd come back. And those are a lot of things that we just take for granted. You drive, you come back from work. You just think it's because the roads are good. Oh, the traffic light is working. The driver, no. So it's, it's the moment of thinking and pondering over these things that you're not just taking them for granted. That you, you are able to, to know that, it is, that there's actually someone at work in you. The Bible says what? The one who keepeth watch over Israel, he never sleeps nor slumber. And that's why the psalmist says, this is, if the Lord had not been by our side, what would our testimony be? So it's the person, and you're thinking, okay, how does this connect to rest? How does this connect to rest? It's in the process of taking, taking counts or taking thoughts of all of these little miracles, enjoying them and celebrating the moments with God, that your soul actually finds the light in God. So I know the, the ultimate is, oh, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be. But before that translates in our body, how are we, how are we safeguarding our spirits? How are we safeguarding our soul along the line? How are we celebrating those things the Lord is doing for us? How are we taking, taking stock of the moments, all those simple moments, going back or cooking? I read of a story, another, the, the, the mom was, she was cooking, she was cooking. And they have a pot of water boiling. Their four-year-old son went to the, to the stove. Just, he normally plays around there. And he pulls that um, pot of hot water to his death. Like the water poured on him. By the time they took him to the hospital, he was severely burned that he died. And I'm like, I was just thinking about that. Uh, how many times have I had my... In fact, Demilade, the youngest one, takes the steps to and climbs by the the kitchen counter. Like all of those things, and you think, oh, it's because you're very careful that, oh, you've not had all of these accidents. But the moment we think back and just, we are not, we are not glorying the fact that all that people have suffered this misfortune, no. But we are just, it helps us to see clearer that what, there has actually been someone that has been on our business. There has been someone that has been taking care of those, our inadequacies. Because it's not every time that you can, you can go with your children to make sure that they are doing the right thing. No. But there's someone that is actually watching over them. So it's in the moment of taking stock of those things that you actually find rest for your souls. And when you talk about this rest again, in, in Hebrew, I, I'm not a, an Hebrew person, but I just saw this and I think it is, is what... Is what um, us thinking about this. I mean, in Greek, it says the word, the Greek, the Greek word, I'm not, it says it's anapos, meaning cessation. It means refreshment. It says Christ's rest is not a rest from work. 
but in work. That's what I'm saying, that the fact that you're not doing anything does not actually mean that you're resting. So it says, Christ as our perfect example, it says his, his rest was not from work, but in work, not the rest of activity, but of harmonious working of all faculties and affections, of will, at imagination, consciousness, because each has found in God the ideal sphere, sphere of its satisfaction and development. It's mouthful. But let me just summarize all of those things that is in, is in the process of taking stock of all of those things. That what you find your ideal sphere of satisfaction and development. So the strength for the next stage, the step for the next thing you're trying to acquire comes from that satisfaction from knowing who the enabler is, from knowing who you get your strength from. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Like I said earlier on, that God is the originator of Sabbath. He's the one that commanded rest for us. Let me read this scripture. When you talk about like, this is another scripture that captures the idea of rest. It says, let my soul be at rest again. For the Lord has been good to me. So why are you at rest? Because you know that the Lord has been good to you. So this captures that idea that what in rest you're celebrating what God has done. And this is a part of it. He said rest is what you pause, you reflect, you enjoy and celebrate. And this captures it. Let my soul be at rest again. For the Lord has been good to me. Once you understand that it is by the mercies of the Lord that you're not consumed, you're able to find rest. You're not worried about what comes next or what's going to happen because you know what? There is someone holding you. The same scripture says, Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Return to your rest. That's where you find rest. That's where you find satisfaction because you know what the Lord has done bountifully with you. So I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. And this is God instituting. This is um, Paul reminding the, the, this, the writing this letter and talking about the whole idea of rest. This is what, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. So there is an element of faith in entering into that God's rest. Because it says, he that comes to God must believe that he is that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's in understanding that God exists, that we are able to find rest in him. And that's why he's talking about our faith. It says, for we who, for we who have believed do enter the rest, as he has said. I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the word. For he has spoken in a certain place of the se on the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it. And those to whom it was first preached did not enter because 
of disobedience. Again, it designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time as this has been said, today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. That's God's invitation to us. He wants us to enter his rest. They say there is already a provision that has been made for rest for us. And we have to enter into rest by faith. Because a lot of us, we think, if, if I take time off to not walk, to just be apart from God, how is my bill going to get paid? Who is going to do that assignment? Who is going to watch over that child? Who is going to do, like, we, we want to do things, like we are already calculating all of the things that we should be doing if instead of resting. It's, it's lack of faith that makes us to think that way because you believe that when you take time out to, to, to replenish yourself in your spirit, in your soul, things will get undone. But that's the, the, the thing God is telling us to do. When you're supposed to be walking, you're working. And when, you, when you're supposed to take time to rest, take time to rest. Because that's the pattern God laid out for us. On the first day, he did the second day, third day, fourth day, sixth day, and on the seventh day, he rested. So is, is, the problem is when we, when, we are, when we are mixing pleasure with our work, that's when the problem, that's when problem comes in. When you mix rest, like if, if you have them all mixed up, that when you're supposed to be working, you're not working, and you now want to take rest, have not done what you're supposed to be doing, then you find out that what, there is an issue here. So it's establish, the, prioritize those things that you need to do. When you're supposed to be walking, you're walking. And once that is done, when you take rest, you're taking rest for replenishment. But the, the main scripture I want us to sit still with this morning is what? Is Matthew chapter 11 from verse 25 to 29. And this is God's Jesus Christ speaking here. This was his prayer, his prayer of thanksgiving. But see how he ended that after all of the things he had done. He ended this, this his story here in, in Matthew chapter 11 from verse 25 to 29. It says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have eaten those things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are what? Heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And when you talk about this yoke, the, the whole idea of yoke, like when you have um, this oxen, you, you're putting two oxen together. If you're going to, like the way that the, during Jesus' time is what? You have um, a, a bigger ox. And a smaller one. So it's the, the bigger one that leads. So you tie both of them together. But one is taking the lead. And that's why Jesus Christ is saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He's not leaving all of those things to us. It's for I am gentle and lonely in heart. And you would find rest for your soul. So this morning, there are three things the Lord wants us to do for us to be able to find rest in him. So they are almost like command. They are like action words. Yeah, the first one is what? Come. The second one is for us to what? Take our yoke. And the third one is what? To learn. To learn of him. 
So we are just going to focus on these three things you are supposed to do because you are wondering, okay, you've been saying all of those things about rest. How do I enter that rest? How you said rest is not just not doing anything. So what am I supposed to do in this time of rest? How do I get myself replenished? How do I get myself well-rested and able to face the next thing? And the invitation here is what? For those that are what? Weary and heavy laden. Those who labor, that's who this invitation is for. Let me read the scripture to us in, um, in the New Living Translation. Because you're one, like, the, the invitation is not just, there are some of us that we think we are enough. Like, I don't need Jesus. I'm strong. I do exercise. I go to the gym. So, I might not really need this invitation. It's for those that are really weak. And, and that's your re- very right. Because the invitation is for those who need them. Who needs that rest? Look at what it's, the way it's, it reads in, in the New Living Translation. I'm going to read verse 28, just 28 and um, 29. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So this one says, All who labor. So you might be laboring. Okay, I'm not laboring. I'm not laboring. But it says, well, All those who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It says, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. So I want you to understand something. God is not saying I'm going to take the burden from you. And that's it. He says, I'm going to give you something in exchange. But trust me, what I'm going to give you in exchange for what I'm taking from you is nothing compared with what you're carrying. He says, my yoke is what? Is light. Is light and easy to carry. So what does it mean to come? What does it mean? So I said, for at first, the invitation is those who are weary. So those who have the feeling of showing tiredness, especially because of excessive exertion or lack of sleep. Some of us, we, we thrive on, we'll be like, oh, I'm born in the midnight country. You're like, you're doing everything you can and you're getting little sleep or, or almost you're, you're surviving on coffee, caffeine, just to keep yourself going. And that's those of us that God wants that invitation. He says, I know you, I know there are a lot of things for you to do. But trust me, you need a time of refreshment. You need a time to be outside from, from all of those things so that you can get nourished. So when you want to come, it's Jesus Christ himself saying that he says, come to me. This is a personal invitation for those of us who are weary, those of us who are tired, either in our body, in our souls, or in our spirit. God is, um, Jesus Christ is personally inviting us to come to him. And he has given this invitation to others before. So it's not just the first time God has called out to, in the, in, in the scripture, when he was going to reach out to, when he was going to start his earthly ministry, he gave an invitation. He called the disciples. Look at Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 18 to 20. It says, one day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. So there is a response, and that, that has up to us. Jesus is still making that same calling this morning. He's calling you, come to me. Come find rest for your soul. It's up to us to respond like the brothers responded. Well, they left their nets, 
and at once they followed him. So it's not everybody that can follow Jesus or it's not everybody that wants to follow Jesus. There was another story in the scripture. I think it's the rich young ruler that Jesus Christ told him. He says, sell all the things that you have. Follow me. But what he said, he was sorrowful because what? He had great riches. And a lot of us, we have all of these things that are working for us. We have all of those things that are in sync the way we want it. But God is still inviting us. There is more. There is more to be conquered. There is more heights to reach. Just come to me. Let me empower you for the journey ahead. Remember the story of Elijah. He says, after, after 40 days, God, what he fed him, he sent a raven to feed him. They sent food to him so that what? Because there was journey ahead. And that's what God does. He calls us aside. He nourishes our spirit. He nourishes our body for the journey ahead. But if we refuse that temporary set at time, I mean, that time set aside for nourishment, we will miss out on the journey ahead. Look at another scripture here. Another scripture here we'll read is what? Matthew chapter 16. Because unbelief is another thing that can make us not to come to him. He says, now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Because like bread is not the issue. So a lot of us, God is telling us, come aside. And you're thinking, the calculation, you're thinking, ah, if I spend this time with God, then I'm not going to be able to reach the milestone. I'm not going to reach my target. He's saying to you, why are you of little faith? That what the Bible says, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. So that means whatever it is that you can take eight hours, 24 hours to accomplish with God on your side, that means you have much more time to be able to accomplish that thing which God is telling you to accomplish. And a lot of us, we thrive on being busy. You're busy doing this, you're busy doing that, that you're forgetting to come aside to spend time with God. And the second thing the Lord has called us to do is what? To take, take, this is what? Take this yoke. He says, come take my yoke. That's what he said in that about Matthew. So when you're taking something, that you're laying hold of something. When I tell you to take something, it's the same thing with the, the word come. The, it, it requires a response. When he's telling us to take something, it requires us to, to respond to him. So when you're taking of him, you're talking about almost like, watch me. Come, come learn of me. Come see what I'm doing and take those things. Learn, see what I've done in my life and take, take from them and implement in your life. That's why he says, take, take this yoke I'm giving you. Take these lessons I'm teaching you and implement it in your life. Look at Psalms, Psalms 37 verse 4. It says, take the light in the Lord and it will give you the desires of your heart. So taking the light is what? Sit with what the Lord has done for you. Sit with the legends he's teaching you. And once you're doing that, that place that you're, you're aiming for is going to come to pass. This is what, take the light in the Lord. 
And like we said, taking the light in the Lord does not just happen. It happens in the process of reflecting. It happens in the process of enjoying. It happens in the process of celebrating all of those things that the Lord has done. Once you are able to lay hold of those things, it says, oh, he will grant you the desires of your heart. That's the hand goal. You want to have the promotion. You want to have the rest. You want to have healing. But what? The first thing is what? Take the light in the Lord. Enjoy him. Take time to reflect on the things he has done. Take time to celebrate his many victories. And once you do that, you grant the desires of your heart. And the last thing to be able to find or enter into God's rest is what? He says, learn of me. Learn of me. When we talk about learn, it means following Jesus. Following Jesus. We are talking about discipleship. And the best way to learn of him is to what? To stalk Jesus. <laughs> you know the way it is now when you want to know, have an update about a friend and you don't want to ask them directly. The word is, is so good now. It's just a matter of going to Facebook, going to Instagram and you start stalking them or looking at their status and start looking at, okay, what are the things happening to them? What are they doing? And that's what Jesus wants us to do with him. He wants us to stalk him. And the only way you can stalk him is sit with your Bible. Look at the stories in the Bible, especially the Gospels, the Matthew, the, the, the way from after Jesus Christ was, was, was born, how he started his ministry, what are the things he did with his disciples, how did he relate with people, what are his relationships like. So, like, spend time in the scripture. Spend time, like, following Jesus. That's what following is. It's like you're, you're looking at him intently and patterning your life after him. And Paul was one person that got this idea. And that's why he was able to admonish his, his, his sons in the Lord. He says, imitates me just as I imitate Christ. It's just like your children, like for little ones now, the words Tolu is speaking now is what she hears you saying. That's what she's repeating. The words, the words you, she's not going to speak one grammar. She's not going to come up with any word. The first words they, they are going to speak in this early stage of life is what? They are saying mommy or daddy. They are saying amen because those are things that they are hearing. Those are the things they are watching. So the way we want to start speaking or acting like Jesus is to what? Spend time in the word. Hear him, hear how he speaks. Hear how he relates. What are the things that God is saying? What are the things that he did? And those are the things that we're supposed to do. And Paul said it where he says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. So for you to be able to do what Christ did, for you to be able to follow or learn of him, that means you're spending time with him. Spending time in the word to see how he lived Remember in Deuteronomy, he said, he said that when he was going to encourage the, the when one of the, the, the tests, I mean, the, the Lord, the Lord passed then in Deuteronomy was, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 was, or he said this to them, he says, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord, the God, your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Repeat them again. That's where imitation comes from. All of these things you are hearing the Lord. It says, repeat them. Go back. Don't say because, oh, I've read the stories in the Bible before. It says, repeat them again and again to your children. It says, talk about them when you are at home, when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, when you are getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders, write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. God wants us, he wants the scripture, he wants 
his way of life all around us. Talk about them when you're eating, when you're going on the road. Talk about the scripture. Let the word of God, let it minister life to you. Let it bring life to you. It says, the Bible says in John, it says, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So they are not just mere stories that you're hearing. There's something that comes about each interaction we have with the word of God. Life is seeping into us anytime we hear the word of God. Look at it again in Matthew chapter 4. Verse 19. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. It says, Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Following means like the, the disciples, you saw the disciples. After he called them, did, did, did they just come on Sundays and we just meet on Sunday? Like reading the scripture, they were with Jesus every step of the way. Immediately, all of them responded to the call of Jesus to follow him. They were with Jesus. They were with Jesus every step of the way. He showed them how he lived. He showed them how he interacted with people. When he had to go aside from the crowd, he made sure that these people, they saw him. Even at a point, he took three. When he had to go for a private time of worship, he took three people so that they would, they would see and tell others. So God wants us to follow closely. Like what pastor called close marking. He wants us to follow him closely to see all of the things he's doing, to see how he changed life so that he in turn can, we in turn can begin to do those things that we have seen him, we have seen him do in the scripture. Look at Matthew again. It says what? Matthew chapter 10 verse 38. Says, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. So if God is giving us that information to follow him, and we are not willing to do that. It says, well, you're not worthy of him. And the last scripture I'll read to us is what? John chapter 10 from verse 27. I mean, verse 27. It says, my sheep, they hear my voice and they know me and they follow me. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because we know that what we are is sheep and we hear his voice. The Bible says in that same John chapter 10, it says, the voice of stranger they would not hear. So that means because we have the Spirit of God in us, for as many of us that have accepted the Lord as our Lord and Savior, we know we have the Spirit of God in us and we can hear Him. We can hear His call for us to come. We can hear His call for us to what? Learn of Him. We can hear the cross for Him to, to take, I mean, His call for us to take up His yoke. We can hear all of those things that He's calling us to. And as we spend time coming to him with our burdens, with our worries, with our desires, as we take the light in him, he establishes us and he grants the desires of our heart. As we take the light to follow his voice, because he already promised us what? He says we are his sheep and we would always hear his voice. As we listen to his voice for rest, as we listen for his voice to come apart from what is happening, to take a break from what is happening, the Lord will strengthen us for the journey ahead in the name of Jesus Christ. In conclusion, I just want to conclude this morning that have you, have you, are you self-aware that you know when, when the Lord is trying to tug on your heart that, hey, uncle, it's time to take a break. Do you understand how, how your body starts misbehaving just because God is trying to get your attention? Or when, when God is trying to get your attention, are you trying to reach for, for parastamol? Are you trying to reach for, for drugs rather than going away? And one of the things Jesus Christ did with the disciples was, 
after I, after some of this, after I fed the 10,000, I mean the 5,000, he said he went aside. So there are a lot of things. He does all of those things. Jesus Christ was busy. I'm sure we all know that. He was busy, but he still find time to go away. So for us, when he's calling us, when you start having that feeling in your heart to go away, do, do, do you respond to it, to go away? And I said, the, for some of us, it might mean for you to take a couple of hours per week, but you might not be able to because you have a lot of things to do. And because we are not, our systems, are, we've, we've not trained ourselves to respond to taking time to be with God. So it might be for you to take two hours every week. It might be, it doesn't have to be on, a Sabbath, on Sabbath like they do in the olden days, maybe Saturday or Sunday. It might be during the week, you know what your schedule is. Be like, okay, on, on Tuesdays, I'm going to take from maybe 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. I'm going to take this time out. I'm going to rest. And you resting is, for you, it might be that you really need to sleep. I remember a story, um, one of my pastor, Pastor La was actually the one that said the story that she, she, I think she started feeling sick and she doesn't take drugs, she doesn't take all of those things. So, and she, she started feeling this in her body and she was like, oh, Lord, heal me, Lord, heal me. After praying the first day, the second day, by the time God, go and sleep. That's the problem. There's no healing here. Go and sleep. And she said she just took that time and slept. By the time she woke up, she felt refreshed and nourished. So for some of us, the, all the headache we've been having, the back pain, it might be for you to go and sleep. And for some of you, it might be for you to just go and what? Sit down. No moving around, to and fro the heads. Just go and sit down. So you have to, that's what we said. Because the Bible says, the last scripture is, it said, by my sheep, they hear my voice. So what is the Lord saying to you? You have to be able to understand the fact that God has a custom-made, designed rest agenda for you, rest schedule for you that fits where you are in life now. So it's for you to ask the Lord that this is what I am feeling in my body. This is how my spirit feels. And what would you have me do to feel rejuvenated for the journey ahead? So you might want to start with a couple of hours in your day. You might want to start with a half a day if you've been doing it. And for those of us that are mommies and ladies out there, when you're taking a break, that's not the time to catch up on laundry. It's not the time to cook all the food for the week. That's not rest. Because rest means you're taking time away to feel rejuvenated. So you won't have to look for the, the things that you would do. That will make you feel refreshed. For some of us, it might be to read a book. For some of us, it might be to take a walk and just experience nature. So you have to sit down with yourself and say, what are the things that I've done in the past? And after doing this activity, I feel strengthened. I feel revived. What are the physical, not, because it's not just um, praying and fasting that makes us feel revived. There are physical things, there are physical activities that you can actually do that can make you feel refreshed. So look at your schedule. And if you, if you, don't, if you don't know, it might be a time for you to try different activities to see the one that resonates with you. So, but you want to make sure you, you incorporate the idea of rest into your week. 
incorporate the idea of rest into your day, into your month. And as you go, that's how, because it's, it's in the place of quietness. It says in quietness lies our strength. It's in the place of quietness that the Lord is able to minister to us. If, uh, if, if you are busy and you're clouded, when God is talking to you, you will not be able to discern his voice. So God needs us to come apart from all of those distractions so that we can hear him clearly, so that we can know what it is that the Lord is saying to us. I hope with this few points of mine, I've not confused us. But before I go, I just want us to just take some time to just pray. You might be out there, you might be here, and you're wondering that I have all of this pain, I have all of these things that are, oh, maybe at a point you've thought, or oh, maybe it's a sickness or it's an ailment. But, and the Lord is trying to, to just point your attention to the fact that you need to come away from all of those things. You need to come away and be with me. Let me speak life into you. Let me breathe into you. We sing the song, it says, it's your breath in my lungs. <laughs> it says, if the Lord takes away that breath in us. Remember, if anyone that dies, the thing we say is rest in peace. Oh, may soul find rest. Because that same rest that they've refused to find why they are alive, they find it in the grave. And we don't want our own case to get to that place that they are now posting rest in peace. We want to find rest now while we still have the breath of God in us. Would you just say to the Lord this morning, Lord, have I been too busy like Martha doing all of those things and neglecting that one thing that is needful? And neglecting that one thing that is necessary. This morning, Lord, I ask that would you breathe on me afresh? Would you breathe upon us afresh this morning? In the name of Jesus, would you ask this morning that, Lord, if there's anything that I ought to be doing, if there's any activity that I need to do to reconnect back to that place of intimacy, that place, like the cool of the night that you come out to speak to Adam and Eve. I want to create that atmosphere in my agenda, in my schedule, as I go through my day, as I go through my work. I want a time where you can come and minister life to me. And if you are out there and you're thinking that I don't even know what this relationship with the Lord is about. How can he come and have a, 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 a time with me? Would you just ask the Lord to come into your heart this, this morning? Say to the Lord this morning, O oh God, I surrender my life to you. I lay all my burdens, all my cares at your feet. I accept your sacrifice on the cross for me. You said if I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart, that what I will be saved. This morning I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. I step into this relationship with him in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I pray your blessing of Sabbath upon everyone here this morning. Over those watching online, those that will watch us later, will pray the blessings of Sabbath upon us. That will cease from every strife, from every struggle, from every labor that wearies us in the name of Jesus. It says the labor of a fool wearies him because he does not know where to go. This morning we cease from every foolish act of, of, of laboring, oh God, that is not in accordance for what you have for us. 
at every step of the way. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you lead us in the way we should go. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.